building dreams, your guide through this transformative journey in both business and life. This is your place crafted for dreamers, doers, or anyone who has been told they can't. Get ready as we challenge those narratives together. You're tuning in live to the United Public Radio Network, airing on 105.3 and 107.7 FM in New Orleans. We are streaming on all the popular platforms every Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Join me for a candid and thought-provoking conversation celebrating your unique journey because you are worth it. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Breaking Norms, Building Dreams. I'm your host, Brittany Ashley, and we are broadcasting live on the United Public Radio Network and the UFO Paranormal Radio Network at 105.3 and 107.7 FM in New Orleans. Get ready to escape the routine and join us for the next hour as we break norms and build dreams. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, Please send in your messages within comments. I'll be watching. And I'm so excited to have Alex today to come in and talk us all about her entrepreneurial journey, mom life, all the fun things. So before we dig into Alex, let me do a quick bio on you. And then you can jump on in, Alex. Sounds good. Uh, Alex is an active CPA and realtor working with the Remax Camosun. She is also the managing director of the E-Women Network, Victoria Chapter, and is the chair of the West Shore Chapter with Business for Business Networks. Before moving into the industry, Alex, Alex founded the managing and virtual CFO accounting firm. She is now using the extensive and diverse skill set gained running her own company in the accounting world to the real estate industry. Alex combines her knowledge for real estate, gut instincts, and accounting experts to enable her to do more than just help people buy and sell properties. I know, Alex, you wear so many hats. I'm so excited for you to come in today because we can talk about so many different dynamics. Yes, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, maybe I already said a bio about you. Let's dig in on high levels and then we can go in a little bit deeper. Sure. That sounds good. So take, tell us more. Tell us who okay. Alex. <laughs> so I guess just, I mean, you kind of got the, the brief version of it. Um, I've had a bit of an interesting path. <laughs> it's not a typical one. Um, and I started with what I thought was going to be typical with going kind of in the accounting um, stream of things. And for that, to get like your accounting and your CPA, it's about seven years, I'd say, of getting your accounting degree, then getting your CPA, working with firms, getting the experience you need. Um, so it's a lot of time, a lot of effort there. And so went into that, started just getting all the experience I needed. Then I found virtual uh, as an option. So I worked with them for a few years. And then um, I ended up starting a virtual accounting firm of my own, grew that for a few years, which was amazing. But then I decided, hey, I want to do what I love, which is real estate. <laughs> so I sold it, went in, changed the industry completely. But at the same time, I think a lot of it goes hand in hand. I'm just doing exactly what I love and I'm using like the foundation that I built before that. So now I'm in real estate and still keeping my CPA active just to kind of ensure that I'm keeping the brain going. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's been a journey for sure. <laughs> Yes, and I I knew you when you started um, CFO accounting firm, and then just yeah. kind of watched the journey. I remember like seeing like when you started, and I was like, oh, I want to meet her. 
<laughs> yeah, I know. And I felt the same too, because it was like you were doing something similar, right? That would be almost like com a compliment to business, right? Because we we're both mm -hmm. in that virtual space. So yeah, I mean, and, and then that was like pre-COVID. So then it was actually kind of cool and different. And then COVID happened and everyone was doing it. <laughs> I know. I think we, we started like the virtual realm of things and everyone would be like, oh, that's so cool. That's so smart. And then COVID hit and it's like the way of the world. <laughs> yeah. Now everyone, that's like, that's just the norm is, is having running your business from home or running it virtually. So yeah, I mean, it's a cool space to be in. I, I personally love it. I know there's a lot of people that can't really necessarily work from home, but I don't know, maybe I love like also the chaos too with the kids by my side. Like, I don't know how some days I do it. <laughs> it's like maybe mine over matter. I don't know. But I think yeah. it drives from passion too. Like I started this business from passion and I know you started your businesses from passion. So um, you you wear many hats. So it's not just because um, you do still do accounting, but you do real estate. But then you also are the managing director of eWomen Network. And then what was the um, business? I always seem to mix this. Business um, for Business Networks. So that's like another kind of smaller group. But yeah, the eWomen Network is definitely a bigger uh, bigger role that I'm taking on. Um, so yeah, that's new as of just a few months ago. So it's just another little thing that I'm throwing in there because I love to do a million things at once. <laughs> yeah, I think we're the same. I think that's why we... <laughs> mesh well um just throwing up brandon's comment here um right before the show uh adriana also knows who's kind of helping us a little bit in the background uh we got a husky mix and he was crazy downstairs and i was like okay he can't be getting in too much he's in his kennel and i come downstairs after back-to-back -back meetings for the show and he ate the dog's bed and it's just like fluff everywhere oh. <laughs> like had a pillow fight and i was like what oh, happened no. i'm like so i'll have to deal with that when i go back downstairs <laughs> yeah that's the fun i mean i've got two dogs as well so it gets um well and obviously almost a one-year-old <laughs> so yeah. there's a lot going on a lot going on yeah a lot going on um well maybe you can dig in a bit about I know you kind of high leveled with the CFO accounting firm, but what kind of drove your passion to start a business by yourself? Because a lot of people, when they go into accounting or just even bookkeeping, whichever, a lot of people just think it's easier to just go off and go underneath an umbrella of somebody else. Yeah, um, I think like everything that I was doing in that career was sort of moving to that path. So <laughs> like... You know, when I started in just like the typical public practice, old school, paper-based, that I quickly realized that wasn't for me. So that's kind of when I went to the, the virtual side of it, still an employee, but that was almost like the first point where I thought, okay, I need to be self-employed <laughs> outside yeah. of the employment side. That was like the first sort of idea I had, um, but I wanted to gain the experience I needed. So then the first step before I actually like started the corporation is I actually just took on a few part-time clients sort of as I was um, moving out outside of the employment, I took on a few sort of controller jobs for companies to help them clean up 
everything. Um, and that was like the first sort of idea of like how it would be working on my own without anyone supporting me. And it felt great. <laughs> so very quickly after that, I kept accumulating more and more and more. I didn't have um, a job anymore. So that was like my main job was just getting more clients. And, you know, from like the day one of me realizing that was what I wanted to do to one month later, I think I got incorporated. I already like had hired my first employee and had some systems in place. So yeah, it it happened quickly. And and the goal was it for, for clients to work with me, mm-hmm. but eventually it turned into, oh, well, they could also work maybe with someone else that's working with me. So it, it was a different, yeah, different way of doing it. That's amazing. Maybe um, we can just educate the listeners what CFO means. Because <laughs> you and I know. So if anybody's listening, they'd be like, who, what? A lot of people that? know. Well, even even CPA. So CPA, Chartered Professional Accountant, for those of you that don't know, um, they've changed it a million times. It was CA, CMA, CGA, then they, yeah. <laughs> really need to know the details on that but um cfo is chief financial officer so for those that you know are running a business or growing a business or maybe are involved in you know corporate or startup company um eventually a company will hire a controller and a cfo to help them with like all things finance so controllers usually running you know the day-to-day operations the financials payroll accounts payable CFO is usually the one that's sort of overseeing that, um, providing assistance on forecasting, budgeting, cash mm-hmm. flow, um, on how to manage your business that way. So the financial person of company. Um, why would someone want to hire a CFO? Well, so depending on where you're at in your business, like when I ran my virtual, what was called was virtual CFO. So the goal, like the goal of that was to to give you a piece of a CFO. So yes, you might be a startup company. You might not need a full-time CFO, but we were there to give you a fraction of that so that Mm -hmm. we could get you up and running as you were growing and maybe give you more support over time. So, so really someone would want a CFO if they were looking to grow their company, they wanted that financial support on providing financials maybe it's to investors to management um you just want to you know find out how to spend the money that you're raising you want to see where your cash flow is going like i mean really you should have someone like that from day one but a lot of the time it takes time to to get the resources to have that yeah a hundred percent and i was just saying this in our last show last week I was asking Ashley, like, what is the number one thing that you find that business owners struggle with or not have in place? And the one thing I said was bookkeeping or like just accounting, because when you Mm -hmm. start a business, you're like full, like jumping right in that you forget the cleanup of all that. And for whatever reason, like I'm on it. (laughs) I did, by the way, take accounting a long time ago in high school. And I was like the top student. I thought that's what I wanted to do. And I did internship and I was like, I don't want to do this. <laughs> I got bored. Yeah. And they're all yeah. too quiet. I didn't like it. <laughs> it's a very like standard, like you don't have to think a ton. You just kind of do it. And actually I will be honest with you now that I'm in a different industry, I'm terrible at it. <laughs> 
So um, it's just like a reminder to like know what you're not good at and to delegate out. And that was exactly like what we had supported on was we did some bookkeeping. We did like everything from like bookkeeping to like high level. So when you're like in that situation and you need that support, you can kind of ease up to it. Because yes, it's very important <laughs> to have at least the day-to-day -day accounting bookkeeping for your taxes, just to know where you stand financially. It's, it's useful. Exactly. And that's the biggest piece too. Like when I get outreached on like, oh, we want your services or whichever, they're like, I don't know how much I can spend. It's like, well, if you do like an analysis of your books or just have a high level, then you can know how much you can outsource and mm -hmm. put into, because it's a range for bookkeeping and counting, but it's good to have somebody just by your side to make sure that you know where you can leverage your business in different areas and take different risks, but you're not going to actually know where you can without that extra support. I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. It's a big, it, that's a big piece for sure. And I, we love to do system cleanups and CRMs and all the things in between. And so I always like to make sure that things are in connected to like QuickBooks. I don't personally like QuickBooks, but <laughs> me neither. <laughs> um, I personally love Wave, but I moved into QuickBooks because that's what um, we use here. Um, but yeah, I personally just think like everything can really work together. So then you're ready to scale your business up. Um, what was the big like aha moment when you're like, I want to move into real estate? Because I was talking to my sister-in-law and she's, we're both saying like, there's so many um, bookkeepers and accountants that we know along the way that seem to turn into real estate agents. And we're like, is it a trend? <laughs> yeah, I know a few of them too, for sure. Um, I don't know. Everyone's different in like what their path is, but uh, for me, like I've I've always been focused on real estate, but it's always been like a side thing. So um, personally, I think I've been invested in like six different real estate transactions for me. So that means like buying and selling and kind of moving up within our own home. Um, yeah. So it's always been a part of my life and we've moved a lot like as a family. So that was very apparent. And so I think like throughout my life, it's just been something I've thought about, but I always said, well, too risky. You know, I'm not, I'm going to go the more conservative approach, which is like accounting and very stable and whatever. Um, so I kind of continued with that, but still did a few things on the side there, you know, within real estate. And then, yeah, I think I got to a point where maybe it was my confidence or just I became more clear on what I wanted. And after running a company, I knew there was a lot more that was possible. And mm -hmm. so I think that was like the turning point of, you know, two years or so into my business thinking, okay, I love what I'm doing, but is this really like the thing that I want to grow? And yes. that was sort of the point where I said, well, maybe I should look at going into what I love doing. Um, and so, yeah, started that whole process. I love that. And that's kind of like a, of our converse, point of the conversation today is that uh, beyond like the blueprint of that every entrepreneur has their own journey. So not just saying that like mine, I feel like I always joke that I'm a hippie <laughs> until I figured out my life and a long story short. Um, I've been in so many different industries. I've been into like 
from tourism to tech to the events to like, I can't even keep up with it, to be honest. However, it kind of helped me who I am today. And I'll also appreciate the different clients that come in that we work with because I'm like, you Mm -hmm. know what? This is why you need X, Y, and Z. This is why like it's my brain just seems to like switch off the different gear. And that's the passion that I love. Like my passion, like gears up again. I just love Mm -hmm. it. Um, so with that, every entrepreneur has a journey and I would love to hear from you. How did you navigate any kind of challenges when you're maybe kind of going from the CFO accounting firm to the real estate? <sighs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Like, I mean, that was one of the biggest transitions I'd say in, mm-hmm. in my life and in my career. And it was a big decision. And, um, I wanted to make sure it was the right decision too. And it wasn't just an overnight thing. It was like actually a full year process because not only did I have to package my business up for sale and transition that off, but I also had to get my real estate license, get all everything, basically rebrand a new business. Um, And the big difference being my virtual CFO business was more of a brand, more of a company, um, not just me. And this real estate business being really just me and my personal brand. So I'd say that was the biggest change was putting myself more out there um, personally. And that's a challenge in in general, (laughs) just me and like what I'm used to doing. Um, But also the perception of industries like, you know, there's there's um, a certain, I guess, perception of like accounting and, you know, that industry and and what real estate is so it was Mm -hmm. a big change there too for like letting people know that this is what i'm doing i'm moving into real estate yes i'm a cpa yes i have like you know 10 12 years in accounting but this is what i love doing and i'm moving into to real estate Mm -hmm. so that i had to sort of work on that too of like communicating that to people so that Mm -hmm. they're aware of what i'm doing yeah and um I like I think I mentioned this before. Your brand's always evolving. So even when you're changing different businesses or navigating to a different area, your brand's always evolving and you're kind of finessing it. I think personally, like having like from an accounting background and then going to real estate, like that's such a I think anyways, I don't know if anyone else agrees, but I think that's like amazing because I feel like I'd be able to ask you some additional questions that maybe I wouldn't be able to ask a normal real estate agent, right? On buying, selling, so forth. Yeah. I mean, it's, there's a lot I can bring to the table because there's, there's stuff now that, yeah, I can't, you know, I can't necessarily use in businesses. So I'm going to use it in a real estate transaction. And honestly, like buying and selling real estate is similar to buying and selling a business. And, you know, that's what I helped a lot of businesses with. So there's like a lot of pieces there that I can bring to the table with like scenario planning, cash flow, like revenue generating opportunities, yeah. like within your own home that you want to purchase. Um, but yeah. also, you know, before you go to a tax accountant, let's talk about it to make sure you need to talk to someone. I mean, I can't necessarily give tax advice because I'm already a realtor to them, but yeah. I can at least say, hey, that's something you're going to need to explore further. Talk to this person. Um, and get more clarity. So there's like so many other pieces around like a real estate transaction because it's so large. It's one of the bigger transactions of your life. 
there's there's a lot of stuff you need to know um and so yeah i'm i'm trying to give that extra education for for people mm -hmm. that need it it within that process no and i think that's amazing because i think a lot of us, even to as women trying to understand finances is such a, I have somebody coming in in a few months from now, um, just talking about empowering women with financing and understanding the financing piece, because I feel that we are definitely sometimes a gap. We just kind of throw it over to like the husband or the partner to take lead on that. And mm -hmm. I know for me personally, I just like to my husband, like, Tell me what I need to do, but I'm trying to be mindful of it. I'm really trying to yeah. like push myself further. Maybe it's, for me personally, it's like, it gives me anxiety. I don't know if anyone else can relate to it, but financing gives me anxiety. And so I think that's where part of my ADHD comes in. So if it gives me anxiety and I don't want to know about it, I shut down. And so the easiest solution is just throw it over to the husband and he can tell me what I need to do. <laughs> Yeah. And I think that's common. I think a lot of people have that feeling, right? Unless like you have experience in it or like that's your, where you work or whatever, like a lot of the time that's normal. Like you just pass it off to whoever can deal with it and then you can ignore it. Yeah. And I think so. it might stem further down to like, if your parents educated you on it at a young age or not, like person, yeah. I don't really think my parents educated me enough really like i maybe they said things to me and maybe i blacked it out i don't know <laughs> but i don't recall anything really until i got into college and to be honest like that's probably the worst because i'm already then in my routine of what i think money is like so now i'm in college university on this kind of spree thinking oh yeah. like not that money grows on trees but you know what i mean like it's just a different mindset like the whole TikTok trend of like uh, girl math. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally. The TikTok trends because I'm like, oh, I thought I was the only one that thought that. <laughs> yeah. Well, and also like not even just parents, but also just teaching that stuff in school. Yeah. Like yes. why is it not happening? <laughs> like it makes no sense. There's so many simple things for people to know around mortgages, taxes, credit cards, like just that stuff that, that you could really learn before going off to college. Yeah. So, yeah. It's true. Like, I think we, I, who was I, I'm trying to recall who I was talking to. I think it, her name was another Brittany. Um, she's not in what she is anymore, but she made a comment of that. We should start teaching kids at like age six, give or take just the, the, the high levels of financing um obviously try to make it fun so they can understand it and i can't remember her, what another um piece i was listening to as well is that we're just so used to using credit card now so like mm, i yeah. use credit card a lot more because i don't have to sit there and count my change <laughs> yeah well it's just with everything digital like everyone's just tapping <laughs> like, yeah and so yeah. now the new generation's coming into the real world, they actually don't know how to utilize money. They just go right to credit yeah. card. So they'd actually, so I'm like, hmm, no, I have to start doing like, I guess going back to old school math in a way <laughs> that I'm so used to and teach yeah. the kiddos on that because they don't really do that in school. 
So trying to make sure that they feel educated enough when they go in the real world that they can do both and understand totally. both. Yeah. I feel like I'm always like, okay, I didn't know how to do this. So I need to teach the kids. But how do I do that? <laughs> teach myself first. <laughs> yeah, no. And I think, I think there's more of that. I, I want to say there's more of that going on even when they're younger. Like there's like little activities you can do like around numbers or whatever maybe it's like the montessori approach but yeah. i know there are ways to do that earlier that you can make it like fun but they're also secretly learning at the same time yeah yeah, yeah definitely would you say um because i know you do both still you kind of do accounting a bet do you hopefully want to move that kind of off your plate more or are you still wanting to kind of dabble between the two um, my ultimate goal is to wind down accounting altogether. Um, mm -hmm. As much as I like, don't want to let go of that piece because I've worked so hard for it. It's not what I want to be doing moving forward. And so, you know, there comes a time where you just have to like, let it go, rip the bandaid and continue on the path that you want to continue on. And that's where I'm at this year. Probably it's going to look like that or close to it. Um, so yeah, I, I plan to really focus 100% into real estate and, um, you know, still, I'm still going to keep everything, you know, education, professional yes. development, I have to in order to keep my CPA active. So there's going to be things I have to learn in the process to keep my brain going. Mm -hmm. um, but like in terms of where I'm working, it'll, it'll be more in the real estate side. Amazing. Um, do you have any tips for anybody who's thinking of kind of like selling their business since you went through the process? Yeah. Um, so usually when you, when, when someone's looking at selling a lot of the time, you should probably start preparing like two years before that. <laughs> so I like for me, when I make decisions, it's rather like quick, like, okay, we're do I made the decision. We're getting it done. Yeah. Um, so I didn't have two years. So it was really like a few months. Um, but thankfully, I'm an accountant and I had all my books in order. Like everything was really, really like organized. So my one piece of advice would be to, you know, start now on the yes. organization side, the administrative side, you need every single thing possible uh, to support your business and like the accounting sales, marketing, whatever it is. So that when the time comes and you get like the due diligence period, that's when they start looking with a magnifying glass in your business, you have everything all good to go. There's no surprises and that part will go smoothly. So that's, that's like the one thing for sure is like have um, ideally an online, online software, no paper, <laughs> keep it all really clean and digital. And um, the second thing would be, you know, depending on the nature of your business, of course, if you're involved and you have other employees or mm -hmm. other people, one of the most, like the, the biggest things that are saleable would be running the business without you in it. So make mm -hmm. sure that you are working on removing yourself or that your, your business can still function without you in it. That's one of the most challenging things because you're usually the one controlling it all, doing it all. And yeah. so it's, that's the one piece that's going to get you more value is if you can show that your business is great without you. Mm -hmm. Love that piece of advice. Um, just cleaning up too, like having like a CRM system in place and SOPs in place mm -hmm. are 
Um, yeah. I was just talking to somebody else about that, the importance of that. Um, you might not think that you want to sell now, but you never know what's going to happen down in the future. And also too, like maybe you might never want to sell, but you're to the point you're ready to scale and bring in more employees, subcontractors, whatever it is, but people can't read your mind. So, yeah. I would say, yeah. but <laughs> make it a little easier on all of us sometimes running a business, but having like those SOPs and if listeners don't know what that is, that's system, system operation procedures. We love them over here. Um, when we're working with different clients, it's just really, a, I like to say a high level recipe plan of how you run a certain process. Um, try it. You don't need to make it complex. If you can create like a mini video, that's like three minutes or less. Okay. A good option, but also to having it in a high level document. So you can kind of manipulate the document as you go and grow and processes change. It's just an easy place to kind of go and edit as needed. Yeah, totally. We are already at almost like 30 minutes, like two minutes and counting off. But for before we switch gears, I just want to say for those just tuning in, you're listening to Breaking Norms, Building Dreams. We are live on the United Public Radio Network and UFO Paranormal Radio Network 105.3 and 107.7 FM in New Orleans. Um, I wanted to say that so we can switch gears on to mindset because that's a big topic. <laughs> Oh, yes, definitely. <laughs> um, you already know, um, but the listeners might not know. I'm coming in to speak uh, at eWomen Network. Maybe we'll touch base on what eWomen Network is so everyone understands what that is. Um, but I'm coming in to talk about imposter syndrome. And a big piece of that is also mindset. Um, so we can dig into that a little bit um, in our conversation today. But before we do, Share with us what eWomen Network is, as you are the managing director here in Victoria, BC. Yeah, so eWomen Network is actually a much wider like group of of women um, throughout you know the U.S., Canada, beyond. Um, so there are different chapters depending on where you're located, but I'm running the Victoria, BC one, and um, it's really just a group of strong women who are looking to support each other and to help each other grow over time. And it doesn't really matter if you're just starting a business or you're 20 years in, there's, you know, you're getting the support you need, you're getting education, you're getting um, actually some coaching calls as well in there. And depending on your, the membership, there's also uh, a few calls a month with Sandra Yancey, who's the CEO of UMA Network. So it's a really great way to get support from others that are, you know, in the same situation as you, that are growing your business. Um, but also a way to connect and grow your business by networking and and doing that as well. So yeah, it's it's cool. I really like it. It's one of my favorites um, uh, with the group of women we have. It's really powerful. Love it. And they are a great group of women. I they um, I joined more or less as a guest throughout COVID. And so I'd kind of pop into different chapters. And like you mentioned, they are, it's based, um, yes, we're talking about Victoria, but is Canada wide and um, in the States as well. So if anyone's yes, looking. You can connect 
outside of the chapter too, like you're not really restricted, but in terms of like the in-person events you can, there's also tons of virtual events. So if you're someone who has a business that wants to connect all over the world, then you can kind of go to those events and meet those people as well. Yes, I love, they're great events. And on that note, I'm speaking for my first time. I don't know if I told you, but that's my first speaking gig. I'm really good at doing like presentations virtually. So I'm so yeah. nervous. <laughs> Not gonna I've lie. Seen you speak though. You've done a presentation for us, which is great. So yeah, no, I have full confidence. You'll be great. <laughs> it's a good topic too. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've done Toastmasters for a reason. I feel like I there's like you know when you have those gut instincts of like I need to go do this. Um, and I, my husband always thought I was so weird. Like, why are you, that does not sound like a fun activity to join Toastmasters. And I'm like, I'm going to do it. <laughs> I heard those are good. Those are worth doing. I have not done it, but I've heard it's it's good for you. It is. There's so many who've been part of Toastmasters for like a long time. Like, I feel like since it started, like the one that I've joined anyways, is it was in James Bay. They're still actively running, but a lot of the, huh. the little there have They've been there for like 20 years. Like they're committed. And I love it oh, because wow. when new members come in, they really challenge you. And I remember my first, I won't cry, I promise, when we do eat women. <laughs> my, my first postmasters, I was like, I was like, yeah, I got this. And then I go up there and I'm just like crying. <laughs> I was like so nervous. I, I did a public speaking course at UVic. It was like one of the first courses I ever did after high school. And it was the most terrifying course I've ever done. <laughs> but I knew it would come in handy at one point. <laughs> yes, you just never know, right? And they do say that the biggest fear for a lot of people is public speaking. So mm, yeah. I can't remember that on that. I'm just gonna say 70%. That sounds like a good number, <laughs> good round number. Um, but yeah, how would you say mindset um, has helped you with like scalability with the CFO accounting? We can go in that point of when you're ready to scale, how the mindset helped you? Um, yeah, and I think scalability to me means so many different things. Um, mm -hmm. With my CFO business, like we were working that like our main clients were like startup companies that were tech companies growing quickly. So scaling was a very obvious, like, okay, scaling your business meant growing your customers, growing your employees, growing like everything um, within your company. Now for me, I think of it differently because it doesn't matter really what your business is. There's like always a way to scale and like my, how mindset helps that is thinking that because yes, if you're a one person business and you're like, Oh, I want to scale, but I don't know if I can hire like a bunch of people. Well, maybe there's a way to do that without, without yeah. hiring. Right. And I think one of the biggest things I've learned is um, really standardizing your service or product. So if you have 10 different offerings and you customize every with every client, that's going to be really hard to scale. Whereas if you have one service offering that you can give to your clients that you can duplicate across multiple, that's where the SOPs come into play. Then that's also a way to scale without, you know, physically hiring people to do that. As long as you have a process in place where you can actually be efficient in that, you can scale. 
-hmm. um, so I think that was like the one thing I had learned probably like towards the end of my business, which, you know, would have been nice to know before. Um, but there's so many ways of doing it. And now you look at my business now, it's not, I don't have a team, it's it's me. So really mm -hmm. the way that I can scale is by creating really strong processes and delegating when needed to other resources. And that doesn't necessarily mean employees, it means, you know, a VA or like marketing support or some sort of support yeah. that can help me do what I need to do to grow my business. Mm -hmm. It's, I think thinking about that as a mindset is very important. Um, Cause if you have that scarcity mindset of, Oh, um, I can't outsource because of X, like you, you kind of go down this hole really like mm -hmm. everyone has different mindsets and different ways of outsourcing and whichever. But if yeah. you start thinking negatively that's going to start putting you back in your business. And so switching your mindset to be more positive, like for me, let's just use me, for example, when I first started the business, I was scared for discovery calls because I was like, oh my goodness, they're judging me on the phone call. I don't know what I'm saying. I'm not good enough to be here. Like, why would they hire me? And I just remember the first, that was like my first year doing this. And I was like, if I keep this up, I'm, I'm not going to be able to land any clients because I'm so nervous, so anxious. And you can just read people's kind of person, like, I don't want to say aura, yeah. but body language, yeah. all the things that you're not, not really connecting. And so you can't really land that client because they're like, why is that person just so like uptight maybe, or like whatever they're thinking. So mm -hmm. Remember, I don't even like it was like a ha aha moment that I had for myself of like, okay, you know what? It's not even a discovery call. I don't even like to call them discovery calls. Personally, I put it on the website because that's good for SEO. <laughs> yeah. And people are like, oh, discovery call. I like that idea. Um, yeah. But I personally, my brain, I started calling it coffee chats because at the end of the day, mm. I may not want to hire you as a client. And I yeah. think that is kind of a lot of people are like, oh, you don't want to hire me? I'm at, like, I'm interviewing, no, interviewing you. It's like, no, actually, I'm interview. It's not an interview. Two-way street. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So once I had that aha moment, I was like, I remember just like, this is so easy now to jump into calls. Like I would be so anxious, like maybe an hour, like research all the things and do all the things and they end up not even signing. So it's like, why am I putting in this extra time? And so with me changing my mindset on that and limiting to 15 minutes for a call, I'm kind of being very laser focused. We get to know each other very well in the 15 minutes. I got their intake form. And then I'm very transparent and honest with clients. Like I had somebody come call in and I was like, hey, like, just so you know, I think you actually need an employee first, hire them. And then once you have that going, come back to us. And then I can pair you with one of the VAs or OBMs and we can do X, Y, and Z with them. But make sure that they're not the broken link in the chain that's assisting you because then the whole thing will crack. So he like yeah. actually, yeah. he just messaged me actually over the weekend. He's like, I never think you're, I, I knew you sit over a call that you're transparent, but I didn't think I was going to get that transparency. <laughs> like, you have to be, you have like, and I think that's like the biggest thing in business too, is really just 
staying true to who you are like in those type of calls because so many times like like I agree I used to freak out about them too about being just like overthinking it and you really Mm -hmm. have to just like here this is your business this is how you want to run it I like to get to know people and like build the relationships before I actually go into more than that and like finding out what challenges they have and not everyone does that some people just go straight to the point on sell like sales and selling and yes that's not me (laughs) so Mm -hmm. I learned that quickly too of like what the mindset is and like how to work work with you know that type of process exactly and I find like when you get like those I get so many um because a lot of people are like oh why don't you if you want to gain more clients like when I've had like coaches in the past that I didn't really resonate with why don't you outsource um getting like people to do engagement for you and doing cold thing cold calls to get clients I was like that just doesn't resonate with me though because I want to make sure that like I'm so protective of the people on my team too but yeah. I just don't some random person coming in and disrespect my subcontractors as well. So I'm like, I need to have a system in place and this is my system and this is my reasoning. But it's hard because when you're building a business and things aren't going well, cause you know, we're like in a recession, it's like you just want to take on clients, but it's good to keep to those boundaries to and leave the doors open for those, the good ones that come in because the bad ones take a lot more energy not worth it. I've, I've had a few of those. I think we all have. <laughs> yes. I was just having a conversation about this the other day of, I was very open about it. I was like, I just don't, I just, cause I end up like not firing them, but was just like, I think we just need to go our separate ways if we can agree to disagree. <laughs> yeah. It's good to idea. My idea. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But the whole mindset too of, um, kind of ties into like imposter syndrome like I was mentioning it's just overall thinking like you're not competent so that's what imposter syndrome is it's like the fear of being found out not being competent enough and so there's 70 percent of us uh struggle with imposter syndrome um 83 percent of um small businesses struggle with imposter syndrome um so it's like big numbers which I can't wait to share with I'll be sharing all the numbers and stats in the speaking presentation with everyone because I just want a lot of people to understand that uh, imposter syndrome doesn't discriminate and it really affects a lot of us. And so if we can start talking more about it and having those open conversations, even for business owners, because I think we, we have so much pressure on ourselves when we look at social media and we think that we have to be like the perfect, like everything's perfect. Mm-hmm. Like I even had somebody approach me not too long ago being like, you're, bi- you're doing so well. And I was like, really? I'm just surviving over here. Like I have a five-year-old and a two-year-old. I have a crazy husky girl. Like I'm just like showing up, doing the best I can. Yeah. <laughs> Rolling business through. It's so, really easy to compare. Yeah. Really easy. And to see what others are doing, right? And I think that's definitely like a mindset shift. Exactly. A hundred percent. About just chatting briefly about kiddos. Um, you have a kiddo. How do mm-hmm. how have you found um, balancing it all with a little one? Well, it's new. <laughs> so I had him like a year ago now, which is just wild to me. I don't know how the time has gone so fast. Um, but like, I'll be honest, before that, mm-hmm. I couldn't even imagine 
having a kid and also doing what I'm doing. Cause I like, I just, like I've said before, I like to take on a million things, focus like really hard in the career and workaholic, all of that, like all the things I, I just never really knew how I could do both or if both mm-hmm. was possible. And um, yeah, I, I mean, it is long story short, it's possible, <laughs> but it takes some learning because <laughs> every you know, especially having like a new baby, it's like your first baby. So you kind of learn everything from scratch again. And I'm really thankful because my husband works in government and has excellent parental leave. So yeah. what we decided would work best for us is if he took the nine months and I continued working and mm-hmm. it's not a typical norm, but it's um, something that would work best for us. I could kind of my job is flexible enough where I could still be home, be around, be able to take time off as needed, but he was going to be there, like have the stability for the full time so that I can jump up and do what I need to do when it comes up. So yeah, it, it worked out really well. It just took some figuring out. And now we have a nanny that works part-time with us now that Matt's gone back to work. And um, that's been going really well too. I love that. And then um, those who are listening from the States here in Canada, BC, we have, well, Canada, really. Um, Oh my goodness. They keep changing it. I can't keep track. (laughs) (laughs) Was it 18 months now we can take off if needed? Um, And it was a year and then they extended it to 18 months for those. And you get, um, was it I can't remember for 18 months what they've done with the pay for that like it it's nice stretch it out so like you can take the full pay in the year or if you stretch it to 18 months they stretch your pay out to 18 months you just Mm -hmm. get less um you know over that time which is an I do love that idea I um was able to kind of take maternity leave with my daughter but with Hudson um not so much, but we did the exactly kind of what you did. Um, my husband is in uh, the government, and so he took more time off. And so we played with that, what that looked like. And that's the thing is that the norm today is that it's okay, everyone listening, that a mom doesn't have to always be the one staying home. It can be the dad. <laughs> that's mm. the biggest thing. I think you and I went to an event and somebody was said to you, like, who's with your little one? Like, it seemed like they were yeah. like distraught. And I was like, I so wanted to say something. I was like, I will not, I will not start controversy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's so true though. And I trust me, I've had a few experiences um, with like even potential clients that didn't end up being clients for a reason, mm-hmm. um, but that have assumed and assumed mm-hmm. that I wasn't capable of doing the job because I had a new baby. And so I've definitely had a few, my share of that. And, and yeah, it sucks in the moment and you feel like really negative about the whole thing. But at the end of the day, like you just have to continue on with, you know, there's so many other people in the world that are supportive of that and that, you know, understand that piece. And that, yeah, there's just, there's always going to be the ones that are still with the old mindset, I guess you could say. unfortunately with the old mindset I hope I hope um we can challenge those it's the whole reason why 
I started the show, that we can yeah. start talking more about it and challenge those narratives because I just think that that's going to be the way even more in the future with the next generation because of the, you're just going to have to figure out as you go. Like mm -hmm. taking care of a little one, like is hard. It's hard work. Mm -hmm. There's no manual. I wish there was a manual, but there is no manual, especially with two. Everyone, <laughs> every baby is different from my understanding. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah, 100%. Both my kiddos are completely opposite. At least they love each other. So that's good. At least we got <laughs> there you go. What happens in their, in their teen years, which I don't want to think of yet. Oh, I know. <laughs> Crazy. Um, I was just going to ask, uh, in your experience, has there been moments where you felt like you're breaking any kind of barriers or challenging norms in your journey? I know we talked about the mom bet, but has there been any other kind of scenarios that you can think of? Um, definitely because I mean, just, just looking at, you know, me in, in starting that accounting business, I mean, mm -hmm. for one, a virtual accounting business, it's a lot more common now, but there was a time where it wasn't as common. <laughs> so wow. there was a bit of like breaking out and, and creating something like that, that was different that people had to adjust to. Um, but also even just having a business like that as a woman is yeah. rare. And unfortunately I had to find that out when I was trying to sell my business. I had pretty much zero uh, women actually reach out to, to purchase. Uh, so, so that was really surprising to me. And I so badly, you know, wanted that to continue on um, because I love supporting, you know, through, my what I've experienced I love supporting female businesses and the e-women network like everything like that it's mm -hmm. something I've been doing for a while but yeah so that part was a surprise to me um but I think it's so important to know that you can do this and you can do a bunch of things at once it doesn't have to be one or the other there's so many mm -hmm. things that work together and I found that out obviously with becoming a mom in a, in a new industry because I was also new to the industry mm. and decided to do that and decided to continue working and not stay home with my newborn, which was a big decision to make as well. Mm -hmm. It is. It definitely is. Yeah. Um, I know I felt like so much guilt when I kind of made that decision as well, but we're so we're in deep a little bit more I guess because the second came and so I've already built this business up with the first and mm -hmm. so kind of like you can't look back now <laughs> like yeah let's go nine to five but that's another thing like I'm hoping um I want to break down those barriers as well like even those who are in a nine to five and in an uh, employer hears that you're pregnant or whichever um I think we need to start making a more, I want to say, safe community for uh, moms, women, that when they announce that they're pregnant or going through that journey, it's already an, it's already hard enough on our body as it is. Mm -hmm. We're growing a human. <laughs> um, but then having like that negative take of um, just there's there is like so much different uh, perspectives of everyone should you should do x y and z you should um 
breastfeed you should not breastfeed you know what I mean like you know yeah. keep opinions to yourself like we're all tied to our opinions <laughs> but if you have yeah. nothing to say like that old saying don't say it all <laughs> yeah no and I I agree and like for me I I was pretty good at hiding my pregnancy <laughs> for a long time I, I don't know I didn't even know I remember I saw it so I was like no she's no <laughs> yeah what this isn't right yeah no I had a lot of clients that I saw after the fact being like, oh, you have a little one hmm. doing the math in their head. And I'm like, yeah, oops, forgot to tell you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that was just my decision because I just wasn't sure how people would take it, especially like current clients I'm working with. Like, obviously I'm still actively working and I plan to actively work, but there's always this like fear that they think, well, maybe you're not gonna continue working. Maybe you're gonna like love being with your baby so much that you don't wanna work with me. Well. Some people might be, but for me, that just wasn't where I was focused. And um, yeah, so I I don't think I'll hide it again. Like I'm, mm -hmm. I'm a little more open to the idea of that, but yeah, I think it was until like the last two months where I was like, okay, physically I can't hide this anymore. <laughs> yeah. And it, the, I think that's, it's sad that some people have to, like that fear that they have to hide it because sh like sharing that experience is so exciting. Mm -hmm. um, and then I don't, I really don't think that we should have to hide it. I think it's something that we should be, um, I totally get where you're coming from. I know I was super scared to talk about it when I had my first. Um, and I still look back on it and was like, mm, I was right on my fear. <laughs> Why? Yeah. But, exactly. you know, um, I just hope that we can start changing those narratives and talking more about it, that it shouldn't we shouldn't have to come from a fear base especially when it's something so amazing we're yeah. that we should all celebrate and also too just celebrating um women in community i think is really important um i came back from like a tech background and it's actually quite surprising to see that it was very uh catty <laughs> and it's like we're all here as a team why are we not supporting each other on the project that we're trying to get done than bringing each other down it's yeah. just mind-boggling to me like i just don't quite understand it um yeah but i guess that's where we have to come in those who are who love to build the community of having a stronger mindset of just keep pushing forward because we're just going to organically cultivate the community that we want around us too. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I know. I agree. I think we just, and that's through like eWomen Network too. I'm, I'm really trying to push in that direction as well with supporting others and like making sure that community exists. For people. Mm -hmm. Which, which is very big. I know here in Victoria, we definitely need more like that um, for sure. I feel like it's, it, I, it took me a long time to find like my virtual community, I, I like to say. Um, it took me mm -hmm. a solid, and since until last year, really, I felt like I couldn't find a community. And I was like, why is it such a hard time? And then I joined the forum and um, I love the forum so much. A lot of them seem to be all based over Vancouver, but I'm in their little group chat, so that's okay. Oh, nice. <laughs> you know? I'm only a ferry away, um, yeah. but I, that's what I do like about eWomen here is that it's here local um, mm -hmm. and we all connect a little bit more, at least go for coffee than just have it like the virtual, we need that human connection. I think we all do. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah.
Um, we're almost at our ending point. Is there any last tips you might want to share the listeners that we haven't touched on? Oh, let me think. <laughs> so much. I mean, I think that like for me, when I was going through, like, I mean, I've been through a lot of like changes and transitions throughout my career mm -hmm. and family and everything. And, and, you know, a lot of the time you get advice from people that is very one-sided and who it could be from their generation, from what they've experienced. And I think it's important to really talk to more than one person. When you're looking at making a change or transition, like talk to people that you maybe find influential or that people you, you know, have done something that you are looking at doing, like really have those conversations because there are so many ways it can go, yeah. not just one straight line. And um, like, I think that was one of my mistakes. I, I Sometimes I just didn't talk to enough people that maybe understood where I was coming from and um, your path really can <laughs> go wherever it wants. It's up to you on whatever you decide to do and how you want to run your business. So yeah, talk to people, get get advice from more than just one and create what you want to create, basically. And maybe we lost Brittany. I'll wait a few minutes, see if you pump and come back on. Oh, there's... Are you muted, Adriana? Sorry, guys, we're probably having some technical difficulties. Um, it's been kind of going in and out today, but <clears throat> can you hear me okay, Alex? I can hear you now, yep. Okay, wonderful. Um, thank you so much for um, going through all of that for us. It was so valuable to uh, see and hear your experiences as well. Um, and honestly, uh, I, I resonated with a lot of what you said because I'm also a female <laughs> entrepreneur yeah so awesome. uh, thank you again for coming I think we're coming up to our end here and we're just going to give a huge shout out to um, the United Public Radio Network and UFO Paranormal Network and everybody that came into our chat room uh, thank you so much and again to Alex and we will see you guys next week Brittany does have another guest uh, scheduled so uh, thanks again guys and have a good one thank you